Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. Well, it's another first for the Talking Trees podcast. Instead of recording from my high-tech studio next door, which just means my messy office, I'm actually live with an arborist sitting at my dining room table, my friend Rob Krulljack, an assistant district manager for the North Pittsburgh office of the Davy Tree Expert Company, is joining me. And Rob and I have worked together for a long time. We work together on a local radio show here. We have a television show sponsored by Davy that we work on. And I want to talk to you, Rob, today about some of the things you do outside of Davy, but using your Davy skills. And I wanted to talk about the you installing these eagle cams, but then I turned on the news the other day and you saved a cat out of a tree. Tell me about that. Well, I, I was, I've been rescuing cats for, for quite a number of years. A, uh, a tree climbing champion, Dan Krause in the Pacific Northwest chapter started a, uh, a website, you know, years ago, cat in the tree rescue service. And um, me and some other arborist friends of mine, we joined it when he opened that up because we looked up to this guy and, I did it for, man, 15, 20 years. Um, just recently kind of stepped back from it. But uh, when I got this call uh, last week, or earlier this week, I, I had to go and, and, and try to help out. I mean, like the fire department tried. They couldn't do it, right? Correct. So how do you, who calls you? Uh, who tells you like, hey, there's a cat in a tree and why doesn't the cat just Crawl down from the tree. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> and uh, I've rescued the same cat on more than one occasion. Are you seriously? Oh, I am serious. You only get two chances, though. The third one, we figure something else out. <laughs> um, I don't know if I want to know what the other thing is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the other alternative. Um, yeah, and it was actually quite rare for the fire department to spend time and resources sure. on something like this. I mean, that's. Uh, those maybe from stories or days gone by of the, you know, the fire company yeah. the cat out of the tree. Um, but yeah, I, I've been involved with, with, you know, cat rescues, uh, UAV rescues, uh, a cockatoo one night. Um, you know, the, the things that get stuck in trees, you know, if you, if you have a, a, someone that knows how to climb and, and not use spikes when you're doing it, sure. you're injuring the tree, you're, uh, you know, it, it comes in handy. So this particular cat, up there for like a week or something is that right sounds like yeah oh, i think they called us on wednesday evening um like right at the end of the day but apparently it was up you know i, I heard thursday or tuesday the week before that they, they they noticed it up there so is climbing up a tree to save something like a cat is that the same as climbing up a tree to make a cut or is this something completely different in the style of climbing that you're doing a little bit different in the sense that you know you're you know you're going to go a lot slower. You're going to you know try to position yourself for the end goal, which is getting the the you know the rescue to the ground. You know whether it's a person or an animal, you know you you want to set everything up so once you reach the the patient or whatever, <laughs> you know that you can come straight down without having to to pull or move things around unnecessarily. So how do you get the cat to come to you instead of continue to climb up the tree or what if it does start climbing up the tree uh, there, there's been several that you know yeah you have to i won't say chase but they keep going out to the end and the end of the branches um oh my gosh you know 
I, you know, the, the best case scenario is having them come to you. So, um, and, and this was a, a textbook kind of rescue in the sense that, you know, I got up there, I, I just rested, I talked to the cat, you know, it got it kind of comfortable, got it responding to me, you know, with, you know, with the meow sounds, you know, hey, meow, how you doing? Um, which told me that, you know, it was not going to be aggressive. And I just kept inching closer and closer until the point where I could, you know, extend a hand and, and you know, get a, a touch and, you know, start, start making a relationship. And in this, in this instance, it actually came to me and, you know, made it really easily. Are you telling me you're like Dr. Doolittle and can talk to the animals? I, I, I wouldn't go that far because they don't all go like this. You know, um, if it's uh, not as smooth of a transition, you know, you know, getting the cat by the scruff of the neck um, in one hand and, oh and bringing it down to the ground is you know, usually the, the way. And, and you still do it with this one, but um, there was no, no resistance. And the longer they're up there, they seem to be more willing to take a chance. Are there people on the ground like cheering you on and such, or are they, they're not there or what's it like? It, 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 typically with all of them, it, it's the owner, maybe a, a, a friend or two, but yeah, there's no crowds or anything. Even, even with this last one, it was just uh, the people involved. But um, I had, I've had one cat decide to leave the tree without me. And since then I usually, or uh-huh. I do, I recommend that you know, hey, can we get a sheet? Can we get two yeah. people here to do the old fireman jump right. out the window into the sheet thing? Um, so they, we had, had that uh, support on the ground, but it, it, you know, didn't need it in this instance. And do you feel more pressure when there's a TV news crew there? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, but still, just focusing more on on the, the job than you know any distractions. Well, certainly, safety is the number one thing when you're climbing a tree, whether you're cutting a branch or you're saving uh, a cat. But another thing that I know that you do is set up these cameras to watch an eagle in its nest. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, you know, you may have gone on the, it's the, the Hayes uh, Eagle cam um, brought to you by, you know, the, the Audubon society. Um, I, I've hung, I, I started this in like 2016. I think I look back in some pictures actually to, prepare for this but yeah 2016 uh eagle nest in harmerville i helped to to reinstall and um and from then yeah i've been doing uh work for the audubon society as well as the u.s steel uh plant down at the Irwin works and um yeah it's been quite a quite an honor and a privilege to be able to to, to have the skills and the ability to do something like this and, and to experience you know, a view in an area that, that most people would never be able to. So here in the Pittsburgh area, I would have to say that, that the what they call the Hayes camera is the most famous. Uh, it's right along the river. Uh, first off, for someone my age, we thought bald eagles were going to be extinct, you know, and to see, to actually be able to see it. And I mean, everybody watches this camp. To see the eggs being laid and, you know, the, the mother fighting off a raccoon or, you know, under a foot of snow, it gives you an inside look into a, a, a type of wildlife that you would never normally see. Yeah, it's an amazing world that, that, that the, the, the people with the cameras and, and, you know, as we work as a team are able to to provide. And, yeah, it, it is popular. I mean, the, you know. A lot of people I speak to, like, oh man, yeah, I watch that all the time. You know, it, it is a popular thing to, to 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 do. Why you for this job? What what is it? How did they hook up with you that 
they just know you happen to climb or did they get get you through the cat rescue people or how do they find you? Uh, through Arborell and then Davey, we were doing a lot of work at Beechwood Farms, which is in Dorseyville or, you know, border of Fox Chapel on Dorseyville Road, let's say. Um, which and, is an Audubon site. Correct. Yes. And um, the, the gentleman I worked for there approached me and said, hey, Rob, you know, we got this situation. We got this camera. W- would you be able to maybe come out and like help with it? I said, absolutely. And so we went and did the first one and and then we started talking. And I said, well, why do, why do you have the camera over here and you don't have it way up there in the top of this giant tree? He's like, what, you can do that? So, yeah, of course. Where do you want it? And that's how that's how we kind of got uh, formed the relationship and started working on these things. So from a technical point of view, first, tell me when you're looking up at the tree, how do you know that you can get up there? These sites are always challenging. You know, they're usually on a cliffside, um, very tall tree. And, you know, it's not a park setting. It's not a, a, a residential setting that there's underbrush. There's other understory trees that you have to, you know, work with or work around to be able to get a line set and then, you know, ascend into the tree. So they are, they are a challenging climb every time. And usually we're doing it in towards the end of the, the, the winter, you know, before January. Um, so before the Eagles get there, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We, we got to stay away. You know, we, there's a deadline, I believe that I've heard, you know, for, for our permit or for the permit they have something like that. But, um, yeah, so it's usually a, not the best time of year, and then the sites are you know, always challenging. We're using ropes to get down to the tree, ropes to get back up, you know, on the cliff to the the top again. It's yeah. So when you're climbing to the top of the tree, are you carrying the camera, or do they you hoist it up later? How does that work? Yeah, I, I typically I send the tree first, and then I set up another line, a rigging line that I, I use to hoist the camera equipment up into the tree. Lower, sometimes we switch cameras out that have gone, you know, um, they've stopped working, so we lower that down, and then we use the rigging to pull the new one up. Um, and then on the way down, I, I attach the, the the cables running to the camera. I secure them to the tree. Uh, to be able to you know prevent the wind or branches from pulling it off the camera or causing us any interruptions in the feed. How does the camera attach to the tree? Uh, the, the 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 gentleman that that design, you know is the the camera part of the the team um, has a, a bracket that he's developed. It's an aluminum plate with the camera mounted to it, and basically ratchet straps are used to uh, to secure it to the. How 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 heavy is the camera? Is it lightweight or is pretty it? lightweight? Okay. Yeah, the, the 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 weight of the cables hanging from it is probably more than the camera itself. So it's hardwired down the tree mm-hmm. to some kind of control station or something. Yeah, and, and you know sometimes you know we have a bank of uh, batteries hooked up to solar panels to keep it charged and running. Um, it's say the the U.S. U.S. Steel site. Um, they were able to tie into some uh, some power along uh, along the property there to get power to that setup. So when you say U.S. Steel site, is that a building or is that a tree? Where where they're it's the the Irwin Steel Plant. Um, and there's a place at Eagles Nest there. Yeah, yes, there the, is on the on the plant. Like yes, wow. yeah, overlooking the river again. You know, one you know constant in, in, in these uh, nests seems to be you know, your, your proximity to, to water uh, and a clean water source apparently where they uh, feel they can you know get fish out of the out of the waterway what's that one like I mean is there 
climbing involved in that or is it is that on a scaffold how do, oh where? no no it's a, it's on a tree okay it's in a tree okay on a cliffside overlooking oh, okay. the river oh, okay yeah on, on the back side the, the the property is enormous i forget how many acres they have in total oh i see so it's a big plant property Correct. with a tree i get it yeah okay um so what is it like for you to hear about you know everyone talks about the different eagle camps especially for in our area the Hayes camera what is it like for you when you hear somebody talking like, oh, did you see that? Or it says, or even on the news, like, here's a view from the Hayes camera and look, uh, another egg. You know, I, 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 I prefer and try to be humble, but I'm still proud at the same time to be able to be a part of something like that. You know, I've only interviewed an arborist one other time live, and that was at a trade show. Never after work. You smell like a chainsaw. <laughs> I take that as a compliment, Doug. <laughs> That's, that means I must have done something today. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how you got into this job with Davey uh, and why it's right for you. Oh, boy. Well, let's start. I mean, I'll tell you how I got into to, to the industry in the beginning. Um, I was 15 years old. My father was working for the University of Pittsburgh, and uh, I was looking to get a summer job, and he had a, a local tree company come out to to our property at home to do some work. And he said, hey, Rob, you know, maybe you should check this out, watch what they do. It might be something you'd be interested in. I was already kind of outdoorsy at the time with rock climbing and hiking and such. And I watched these guys come out and they throw a rope up over this huge limb up in a big oak tree in our backyard. And he pulls himself up in there and he's cutting these branches off. And I go, oh, yeah, you know what? I think I could get into something like this. So uh, I got in, like I said, 15. I, I, it was a... a, a pretty much a favor when you're that young. But yeah, my mom would drop me off with my little lunch pail and my water jug. And here I am with these burly old tree guys, <laughs> 15 going through and, and learning learning the ropes as it were. Um, so I worked for that company throughout high school, uh, graduated, moved out to Jackson, Wyoming for a few months, came back, started at Pitt, uh, worked for another company through college. And when I graduated, I basically had a diploma in one hand and a chainsaw in the other. <laughs> and it seemed way easier to keep doing what I was good at than make up a resume and go on job interviews. So that's how I started my own own company. And about 17 years later, I sold it to Davey. And now I'm an arborist with Davey Tree. And tell me a little bit about your relationship with your clients. I always like to ask arborists, and you and I have talked about this at, at length, because when we're working for the TV show, we're working at my property. So I become a client and I learn so much. A big part of what you're doing, seeing this firsthand, is educating the consumer. And I'm one of those consumers. Talk about that relationship with the client and educating them. You know, educating the client is super, super important. And that's why, you know, anytime we can do a face-to-face, -face, you know, appointment where you're on site with, with the uh, the potential client or the term client that you can explain to them, you know, why you're you're, you're um, recommending something or prescribing something, it, it really helps to uh, to show them what you're doing, and 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 then you hope that they share it with the public to you know hire ISA certified arborists who are really the leaders, the professionals in the industry to help with their tree care needs. And so, speaking of education, we actually had a uh, a fun time. The two of us, we were at our local home and garden show. I speak there every day, and I talked to Rob about this in advance. I said, you know could you do some kind of presentation for trees? And he's like, yeah. And and not only did we do a presentation, it like, you know, there's no dirt. You know, he showed how to, <laughs> he built, 
he built this thing to show how you can plant a tree. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'll get that stuff all the convention center. I'm thinking the tree is like a sapling, like three foot tall. He's getting me this tree. It's 100 pounds, and i got to get it down to the convention center, sneak it into the convention center because you're not supposed to take stuff in and out. Well, we got it in there and and put on the show, and people loved it. Talk about the fun of that. The, that that's another type of what you're doing for educating uh, the consumer. You, you know, the, the, the box demonstration platform came to me in a dream, and uh, to see it come to fruition was really exciting. And I, I, we didn't talk much before the event, so I don't know that you knew what you were getting yourself into. I never do. <laughs> but, but it worked out really well. And, and, and you know, the audience, I, I think, you know, that a couple of them came up to us and talked to us afterwards. Um, the, uh, the the big takeaway, which it was exactly my point of, of, you know, this presentation, was to show them how important it is to plant your tree at the right depth. And the only way to succeed in doing that is by, you know, before you even dig the hole, is taking the burlap off the top, taking the, the, the twine off the top, and then gently excavating the soil away until you find where the tree actually turns into the root system. And that is the spot you want to keep slightly above grade, a few inches. And, you know, my demonstration box seemed to, to, to project that to the audience pretty well. And I, I think I'm going to be using it again in the future. Well, when we start shooting season two of the TV show, uh, sponsored by Davy Tree, we're going to use that same box, even though we have dirt out here, but it just, I guess it's hard for me to explain, you know, without having pictures, but it just shows you exactly how to plant a tree the right way. We'll do that for video, and I'll let everybody that listens to the podcast know about that. Before I let you go, since you happen to be on property, uh, how about uh, before you leave, you show me how to prune that crab apple out there? <laughs> I can certainly do that. <laughs> Rob, thanks so much. Appreciate you coming by. And that smell of oil and chainsaw, <laughs> what'd you call that? Uh, man cologne. Man cologne. <laughs> okay. Thanks again, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Well, that was a lot of fun for sure. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster, and do me a big favor. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss one of our fun shows. Next week, it's the return of Zane Raddenbush, Davy's turf specialist. He's a wealth of information about getting the lawn growing strong, and we always learn a lot from him. Have an idea for the show or a comment? Send me an email to podcasts, that's plural, at Davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y dot com. We're getting lots of great ideas there. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.